Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a bi-weekly podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews to the industry's hottest games. In episode 31, the Punchboarders do our 2018 draft, take a look at a new Kickstarter coming up, and finally continue the BGG list of top 100 games. Hi everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Now I'm Richie. I think there is a difference between purified water and spring water. They taste different. Okay. All right. I would like to know what other people think of this. Okay. We were having a big argument before the mics got turned on. Uh, I I think this is lame, though, because I I, I don't know how you tell the difference. I don't don't think that there's... They come from the same bottling plant, most likely, and from the same tap. No, no, no. (laughs) Spring water... Now, is there a difference between, like... Evian or you know Fuji water and like just regular ice mountain spring water no but there is a difference between Aquafina purified water and spring water All you think right. they're out at a spring just collecting it with buckets and taking it to the bottling <laughs> plant or do you think that's what my thought is I'm pretty sure to go get that or yeah. Yeah. yeah or it's spelled S-P-R-I-N-G nope. versus nope. P-U nope I picture this beautiful lady going down to the lake pulling out the water and pouring it directly into the bottle right for me why is it a beautiful lady why can't a handsome man do it <laughs> I said it was my picture that's all right all right well here's, oh, we better move on <laughs> I'm going to contact uh, one of the watering companies that's not Aquafina and see if we can get a sponsor here Let's get let's get the board games. <laughs> oh, oh, is that what this was yeah. about? Oh my. Yes, please. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we made it back from Geekway. Yes, we did. We did do uh, the Geekway to the West thing. Oh, it was nice. We had a few bugs on the way. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah. If you, as a listener, if you are interested, you can check out our Instagram feed and look at the bugs we ran into. We about an hour in, we had to clean off the windshield because there was no. I mean, the 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 windshield fluid could not do anything we had the license plate looked like it had fur on it It, you could not read it and it covered the the license plate completely yeah and for uh you know here in the midwest unfortunately we had some really bad flooding and this is what kind of caused that because the uh interstate we were going down where normally there would be farm fields and you know towns and such completely just water i mean just look like big lakes and obviously with all that extra water just the bugs were just uh immense that part of it was really sad because it, yeah. it i mean there was still a lot of devastation in the area even though the highways just got opened up yeah it was it was bad but we made it and we had a pretty good time yes we did well, you guys kept sending me pictures of games you were playing yeah just to rub it in a little bit well that's that's how we do things. i want you to know i told clef not to but he just kept doing it yeah yeah i i'm gonna rub it into any one of us that can't make it to an event no, I, I enjoy getting board game pictures it doesn't matter where we're from so. yeah there we go so chad why don't you uh start us off and tell us about one of the the games we played there that uh Ooh, i want to oh before oh i don't know what you're gonna talk about but I want to hear about the 18xx game because I know you guys got your first one in. All right. Well, that would be on my list. I mean, we'll probably talk about these in the coming podcast, too, because we played a bunch of games and, and are excited to talk about them. And we won't talk about all of them th- in this podcast. But one of the big ones, as you said, Richie, is 1846. That's a GMT 18xx game by Thomas Lehman who, or layman, I'm not sure which way it's pronounced, but he's uh, Mr. Race for the Galaxy fame. He uh, designed this 18xx game, and it was nice enough. We got to play it with uh, 
Sean Flynn, who's one of our listeners that we met at the Heavy Cardboard meetup last year at Origins. Really great guy. We got to play a bunch of games with him. Great, great guy. And he said, yeah, I'll sit down and kind of guide you through your first 18xx experience. And then uh, a guy from from Iowa kind of sidled up. We didn't we didn't know him. And he said, are you guys just starting to play? Can I play? And I said, yeah, great. Uh, so Carl Soderlund uh, from a... Um, from an area in Iowa, I think he's in Des Moines, but he plays with an 18xx group up in Ames, I guess. Anyway, he he uh, helped us out too, and and so we had a five player game going. So it was a it was a because it was a five player game, and they were guiding us through while our heads were spinning a little bit. We played a long game. Uh, I think it was probably about five five and a half hours. Again, now we we did get we we stopped and. We're running around doing stuff. Clef had to sell some games and stuff, but it it still really took that long. But it is a uh, for me. I mean, I'll sum it up. It was a uh, it was an intriguing experience. I've been thinking about it ever since I got back. I've been thinking about it ever since I got back. And it, it's a it just really really briefly. It's a route building game, like a lot of train games are, like uh, railways, uh, railways of the world, or or Age of Steam, or those kinds of things. So you got to build your railways. There are different things that you're doing when you're building that but also is very much like panamax and again i can't speak to all the differences between 18xx but in 1846 you are you have you have basically and i think this is common you have company money and you have your money like panamax and never the two shall shall meet basically if you want to upgrade your routes you need that needs to be from company money. If you're out of company money, then you need to find ways to get your money into your company, which normally you're going to buy shares or people will buy shares of your company. Then your company has money to upgrade those routes and get new trains and all that kind of stuff. And essentially, you want to kind of run the best company, which makes 1846 a little bit different than other games. That's kind of that's kind of key there. Whereas sometimes I think in from what I understand of other 18xx games, you don't necessarily want to run the best company. You just want to, you know, you just want to use other people's companies back and forth and back and forth. Essentially, the person with the most personal money, not company money, but personal money at the end of the game wins in 1846. Clef, what did you think about this game? Um, so this was really my real first experience of playing an 18xx game, which I'd been wanting to do. Here is maybe my best kind of thought process of here's what my brain was that day. If you imagine somebody who's played maybe Settlers of Catan, maybe Ticket to Ride, and you put down Lisboa in front of them and taught them and try to have them play it, they would have this like haze over their eyes and just, you know, that's about what I felt like playing this game was just like a, whoa, my eyes were just glazed over because it's so much different than anything. I mean... Obviously, I've played Arkwright, and I understand stocks. I've played Panamax. You know, I, I've got some of these concepts, and I get them, but trying to put it all together and trying to figure out exactly what the best thing is to do, it was it was a little overwhelming. Um, I, I can't decide right now. I want to play it again. Okay, I'm going to say that. It's definitely want to be played again. I just don't know right now if it's one of those things where I want to always put all that time investment in it to play for that long of a game. I'm I'm just not sure yet. So the five hours, does that include the rules teach? Yeah, well? okay. and it was a little bit more than five hours, but yeah, that includes everything. And again, a lot of those times, we were, we were taking turns where we we're like, uh, well, I guess, you know, and they were helping us through, but there's also a lot of mathing out. And and even the guys who knew what they were doing took, you know, took four or five minutes on their turns sometimes because they were saying, well, I could build this route, but I need to, 
the point is you want to exactly calculate so you're not left with money in either your company or your personal, depending on what you're trying to spend for. So you really want to be really efficient with your turns. And that's what those guys were trying to do. Well, and, and I'll say this. I mean, the, the two experienced players, Sean and, and Carl, both kind of looked at each other and said, all right, we're going to agree to play kind of nice. You know, we're not going to try to screw them over in any way. So to me, the game went that long with us all being nice. So basically just trying to get as you know much money as we possibly could. The game could even be longer if you have people that are cutting you off or trying to, you know, mess you up. It could even be longer. Oh, that absolutely. I don't know. Since if we didn't play that way, we played the night, you know, at least. If you're being mean, nice. then you're cutting each other off because the, the game ends when the bank is broken. Yeah, Just okay. like something like food chain or something like that. So so obviously if you're cutting each other off, you're not making money, you're you know, the bank takes longer to break. Now, we played a max player count, obviously, with right. three new people. And so if you play it again, you know, and you play it at three, for example, it's probably gonna be shorter, you know. Could be, like, right? Whether it's mean or not, you know. Could be true. I, I looked up a video after I saw you guys played it and I lasted about two minutes. And then I was like, well, this is just something that I would have to be there. Yeah. Like, you, I, I can't watch a video. On you it. have to play a turn because it also, even if, and the, and I kept asking, and, and so I was probably even behind Clef in the curve as far as what was going on because I had to keep asking, okay, wait, 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 where'd you get that number from? Because the way that you're calculating routes sometimes and the way that the trains work and all that kind of stuff, it, it just isn't, you know, if, if people are just going, okay, I got this much, here we go, move on. That's hard to to learn that way, but... And we did learn about the train rush. I mean, we saw how, how the trains rust and then how you basically, you know, you could be screwed. And it's interesting because if you don't run, like for instance, I forgot there is a stock round and then two operating rounds every every sort of turn or round. And if you don't get in on having like a couple of trains, one of my trains was, I knew was going to be obsolete and I forgot to buy another one. And boy... That uh, screwed, screwed me for two rounds. Everybody up by yeah, doing that. I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I did. I lost uh, my my private company. I just completely just lost it, and it had a bunch of money on it that I certainly could have used for my company, which then hurt me, and I couldn't buy a bigger train. I mean, it's kind of a snowball effect for sure. So that happened because he messed up. Yeah, or not messed up, but because I mean, your train went obsolete. Well, because I only ran one train, so obviously it really hurt me. But I forgot. Like I just forgot. It, what's what's kind of counterintuitive is you run your route and then you have the opportunity to buy trains. So that's kind of a backwards thing. And so I was kind of like, oh yeah, I needed to buy a train, and I kept I, I kept asking about it, and then I forgot when I could do it. And so basically, it messed up because then after after that happened, somebody else bought trains and made another kind obsolete. And you know, oh, and then yeah. that hit you. I, I mean, I like that interweaved, yeah, throughout the you know everybody. You definitely would love player it. interaction. I mean, yeah, you would love the interactivity. Interaction. Yep, it, it, it's it's going to hit the table again. I guess I would say right now I'd still be a little intimidated to sit down with like say just me and you and Richie and try to say okay we're going to play it because you know it's, we still had a lot of hand holding and holding going on. So I don't know. It's just gonna it's gonna take going through the manual and maybe watching another playthrough to feel like oh yeah that's right that's that's what you do there mm. and the the thing that it feels like kind of is is if you it's hard to explain but it's almost you, there are some bit cases or edge cases like like almost like a war game has those it's like almost like if you took a simple route building game and then 
you know, and then added all these special war game rules to it, if that makes any sense. I don't I don't know how to explain it better than that. But okay, yeah. But I, I, I still feel like the time investment is worth it. And I'm looking forward to trying to figure out the system even more. So that's uh, that's 1846. Thomas Lehman getting another play in. Clef, you played one without me and you promptly bought it while you were playing it. Yeah, that's uh, it's been a while since I've I've done that, that I literally liked a game so much halfway through the game that I just order it now. It certainly helped that I knew that if I ordered it by midnight uh, from Miniature Market, I could get it delivered to the con the very next day, so I didn't have to pay any shipping, so that was kind of a handy thing. But yeah, I got a play-in of Navigador from Matt Gertz, um, who obviously is Concordia, yep, uh, which is most people's uh, go-to game that they enjoy from him. And Imperial, right? Um, yes, Imperial. <laughs> and also, uh, what was that other one he did, the ship? Ship Transatlantic. One. Transatlantic. So I like Concordia. I've always liked Concordia. I've just never loved Concordia like a lot of people do. But this game, for I liked this one a lot better. This one than, than Concordia. And I know that's probably not going to be a sentiment that a lot of people would share. But something about it just, yeah, uh, Richie's shaking his head that no, that's not the same <laughs> way. But basically, it's a little rondelle. You got a little track that just has a bunch of spots on it that uh, will do different things like you'll buy ships or you'll buy workers or you'll uh, sail um, and you just have to you only got a few spots that you can move so you're just kind of going around the rondelle and picking your different actions and then it's got a kind of a really kind of cool uh, buy sell kind of thing where it has these different goods and when you go to the market you can either choose to sell goods or you can use, choose to process goods in your factories, and there'll be certain amounts of money. And when you buy goods, though, the prices start to drop. And then when you process goods, the prices start to rise. So it has a real good give and take kind of market that it kind of uses. And the object of the game is in you just kind of try to, you know, do these different things and try to get these favor tiles, I think what they were called, the little uh, privilege. They were called privilege, privilege tiles, yeah. yes. And um, you try to get those on your board, and then they're just kind of a times multiplier times uh, what you have for those uh, items there at the end of the game. So honestly, a very basic rule set. I mean, it was fairly easy to learn. Yeah, definitely. I mean, not, just like Concordia. Yeah, you know, and I came back and I, I taught Richie this yesterday just to kind of do a two-player game. And, you know, so fairly easy, quick to teach, but yet lots of decision making, which is what I, I like a lot in a nice, I would, you know, I'd call this right around the medium Euro type of world. I mean, I wouldn't call it heavy and it's definitely a little bit better than light, but it's got a lot of decisions in it. So, Richie, what were your thoughts on it? I mean, it's good because, I mean, a lot of what Concordia became, it came from this. So mm -hmm. I like that market phase, the Mercator card in Concordia is basically the exact same thing, except the values don't change. So I, I do like in uh, Navigador that you can affect the values for other players as well, which is nice. And yeah. I, I do I like that interaction there. I wouldn't say it's better than Concordia, because I, I do think that what he took from this and then fleshed out in Concordia is overall a, a more solid game. But I, I really did enjoy this. And uh, I, it's on yukata.de, and I've been playing games since uh, we played yesterday, so... So Clef said he couldn't really say. So I'm going to ask you, Richie, why do you think Clef likes this better than Concordia? Yeah, Richie, what do you, why do you think <laughs> I like this better than Concordia? I don't know. How many times have you played Concordia? Twice. Or when's the last time you played it? Was the, the last time Origins? Origins? Was yeah. you half asleep? Yeah, when I was, I think you just need I was more than half asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, re I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That was a I'm rough spot sure for all of us. I'm I pretty sure I correctly. fell asleep during the game, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just need to play Concordia again. Okay, all right, maybe that's with the case. The expansions, uh, especially, 
that have come out in there. And it's not necessarily the maps, but they do add some of the expansions add like other resources and stuff like that that you play with. I think if you played it again, you would like okay. it because honestly, a lot of the stuff that's in Navigador that you like is in Concordia. Okay. All right. I mean, maybe it's just that there's cards in Concordia and a rondelle in Navigador. Maybe, yeah. Or, or let's think about this Concordia. It's pretty boring. Navigador. <laughs> How cool of a word is Navigador? I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe almost as cool as Aquafina. I don't know. All right. Well, Richie, Richie, you guys got to play. I was jealous because you guys have been getting in a lot of gaming and you guys got to play Brew Crafters uh, before we left for Geekway. And Clef hasn't gotten that out since I think two Geekways ago, probably, right? Yeah, probably approximately. Yeah. And I, I, I love my copy, but I just never get to play it. And so I want to hear what you thought about Brew Crafters. Well, and, and Clef's been talking this one up to me saying that I might. Uh, enjoy it and i've i've kind of always avoided the game just because it's always compared to agricola and we all know how i feel about agricola but clef said that he thought that i would like it so uh we got in a game with josh a three-player game and i would say first off so clef has the game trays insert which Ooh, is so nice very nice and i don't know if i could buy this game without that insert but well, <laughs> that, and that's interesting Ooh. you mentioned that because oh. we talked to bryce at geekway to the west who works for game trays and he was talking about how they get a lot of feedback or hey you know thinking about brew crafters will you put that tray out again so they're kind of looking at what their options are for in-house kind of thing you know public uh, producing it i guess but they're, they're still trying to decide on what's what's a good number and how many and whether they can do that whether it's viable so hopefully they'll do that yeah hopefully because i mean overall i would say that it's definitely a solid game it's uh you know like we said it's kind of like agricola where you have a standard worker placement what i like that uh, they did in brew crafters one the theme is fantastic just creating you have your own brewing company and you are putting out beer to your your brew pub and you have different uh player powers that you get through what were people called? uh helpers or they're specialists, specialists basically specialists helpers or helpers yeah whatever okay. um i really like that it's tight super tight especially money wise i almost always took had to take a loan at the end of the year it yeah. seemed like almost just about uh, which is what made me lose the game because you can't pay back those loans in this game Mm. And I think Clef came out on top on this one, but it didn't even seem like he was doing that well either. <laughs> so no, that's one of the things I looked back at, like my old scores, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, I obviously <laughs> forgot kind of how to play this." One. So the money is like is like food in Agricola because you have to pay your your workers, and that's what feels so tight. You want to get another worker, but man, can you pay the shifts? That 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 worker is going to spend, you know, helping bottle or right, or, right. or brew or whatever. Yeah, well, and I, what I think, at least for me, the part that I like about it the most is you have your normal worker placement spots that you have on the top of the board where you go and you're getting the ingredients or getting those helpers and things like that. But then the second part of it where you have different workers um, you, is where you the main actions are, where you either bottle the brews or you you know create one or you uh, get lab uh, upgrades, upgrades, which yeah. are kind of either things that are going to get you more resources or eventually get you in-game victory points and then god there's a third spot oh that you can make your your brewing facility better yeah so because the big thing for me was i got a, a brew pub and then i got a brew pub manager who then let me store six extra ingredients and that's what was huge for me huge, yeah. yeah you mean you still got to pay all these people or pay for these extra things which is part of what makes it tight but yeah so that area down there i think that's almost more important than the getting the stuff and did you guys you had three people so what i like about playing this one more than two people is there's that 
that spot that people can go and I, I can't remember what it is. Collaborating. Yes, the mm-hmm. collaborate where you can kind of get different ingredients and go in on. We did not really collaborate that well. In no, the game. I think very we end. Did it once? Yeah, I yeah. think there at the very end we did it. But yeah, we we were kind of stingy. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea behind it. I really <laughs> like the tech track. That was really really cool that you can go up the tech track and uh, get different things that way. Um, the one thing I did not like is that no matter what, you sell your beer for two dollars. No matter what kind of beer it no is, no matter whether what type of beer it is, no matter how like they have the so there's the basic uh, brews, and then after you create the basic brews and you go up to these advanced brews which take a lot more recipe or not a lot more uh, ingredients to create and no matter what they're all going to sell for two dollars well i imagine the game design there was because you get a lot more points for the higher ones uh, the, they're worth a lot more points but i guess they probably still want to try to make it tight where okay how are you getting the money because if you started getting more money for some of those then that might swing the pendulum to where it's not as tight well and then you get more workers because you can pay more so right, it right. just kind of snowballs i would think if I would they did guess, that. so maybe that's why they they decided that you just yeah and i i mean i wouldn't mind just a, a little let up on the money just <laughs> i am so surprised what? to hear this that from richie. from richie he's like i'm uh, not such a tight money game because there's so many things in there that it doesn't even seem like you would i mean and obviously we and i have not played the game enough to right know, say that we're even remotely competent at playing it but there are some things in there that i would like to get to and actually use but just i wouldn't be able to do it Okay. Without taking a thousand loans. Hmm. Well, regardless, I think it's a pretty good game. And that's uh, Ben yeah. Rossett, right? From Dice Hate Me Games. Yep, it is from there. Yeah, definitely a so, solid game. Definitely check it out. But bring back the game trays insert. So there we go. So Bryce, you heard it from us. Bring back that Brewcrafters insert. Richie's ready to buy the game if he can get that insert. All right. Well, what else? Is there anything more that we want to just touch on with Geekway? We got to meet a lot of cool people. We, we had some nice meetings with some different publishers. We've got some new information coming here soon. Yeah, we'll be we'll um, be talking about in the in the coming weeks uh, some of the games that we played again, like I said, and some of the stuff coming from from publishers, too. We'll be sure to kind of kind of pass that stuff on so that's that's pretty exciting definitely we'll talk about the brazilian meat house at some point too. oh that's right yeah, that's a teaser that's we're not going to talk about it today all right we're, we're, next time maybe all right moving on uh next thing we're going to talk about is ooh. I think we have a contest winner, don't we, Chad? Yes, we do. We have actually three contest winners, to be honest. So you remember a few podcasts back when we were asking what people thought would be good names for our listeners. We wanted to do that, and we got three good ones. So the three good ones are going to get mugs. We got we got other good ones, too, but I'm just saying of the good votes that we got on Slack, we voted on uh, three of them. Each of us picked one. Uh, we had... Chitheads from Joe F, and that was the one Richie picked. Uh, Clef picked Chad C's suggestion, PP Heads. And then with the votes and the winner, I suggested uh, Brian's, Brian's suggestion, which was Punch Bunch. Like it or not, you guys are our Punch Bunch. So Punch <laughs> Bunch listeners. I hope that that sits well with you. I think half of the people went, woohoo, and half of the people went, huh? What? <laughs> what? At least you're not pee heads. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. I think I it's did still not... pretty cool to be pee heads, but all right. <laughs> punch punch, punch bunch. is pretty cool. I like it, yeah. Now, the first rule of Punch Bunch is you do not talk about Punch Bunch. That's right. That. Ooh, that's a nice little slogan <laughs> we could have. No, that would be Except bad. Except for we like hey, people no... to talk about Punch yeah, Bunch. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we're going to be sending those mugs out to those guys. We've already contacted them. But thanks for everybody for jumping on Slack and joining the discussion and being part of the community. And speaking of Slack, uh, after this episode, I'm gonna, I've am gonna i been working on a couple t-shirts for the Punch Bunch and for Punchboard Paradise. I'm going to throw those into the Slack chat to just kind of get some feedback, get some other ideas. So if you're not already on our Slack chat, make sure you send us an email at punchboardparadise at gmail.com and we'll get you at it. All right. Well, I think it's time to head on over and do a little Clust Kickstarter Corner. Let's do it. Oh, boy. Love that music. All right. So today's <laughs> Kickstarter Corner is going to be from a game that uh, I really, really enjoy, and I've gotten to play this game, um, and it's going to be a new reprint, and it's Agizia. So this was originally produced back in 2009 uh, by Rio Grande, and I got a chance to play this, oh boy, about five years ago at Gen Con. A friend of mine brought this uh, to Gen Con, and I fell in love with it. It was a really fun kind of a worker placement uh, type of game, very similar to like a a Lignum or a Francis Drake where you're going down a track and you can't go back any further. So it has kind of that mechanism to it. Really enjoyed it and it was one of those games I always wanted, but it had been out of print for quite a while. I actually ended up getting a copy of this uh, for my birthday. Uh, Ryan Freshman, he was a friend of mine who picked this up for me and I was like super excited and like, I'm like, cool, I've got a copy and this is really hard to get. And now here comes the reprint and now everybody will have a copy. But anyways, Ryan, I still appreciate the copy. Um, so real quick, I'm just going to go through a little quickness of what it, the base is. So this is the original game. And what, like I said, you have, it's it's the Nile River. And so the board, and you kind of have these uh, circle spots that are kind of moving down this Nile. And you have multiple different ships that you're going to be able to place out on these different circles. But it's kind of a first come, first serve. So if you get to a circle first, no one else can stop at that spot. But then, like I said, however far you go down, you can't go back. So it's really that great mechanism of, ooh, I really want that. But if I go down there, I'm missing over all these things that somebody else could go get. But yet, if I don't get there, then somebody else could hop up there and grab it. And then the other part of it is you're you're kind of working to try to build up your workforce and build up your stone supply so you can help build different parts of that are kind of on the Nile. So, the, you know, you got like the Sphinx and you have the an obelisk and, a, you know, and a temple and you know these different things that you're trying to build up and that's where the majority of your uh points are going to come from is building those up and then of course it has the wonderful feed your people mechanic um and it kind of has a little bit different of a take where you can get these different fields that you have and some of them are really fertile fields they'll grow in no matter what kind of weather then you have some that are kind of temperate that will they'll do some weather but not others and then you have ones that are boy you have to be perfect weather for them to produce and there's a dial that you can kind of move back and forth and where there's an action spot. So people can kind of mess with people. So Richie will like that part of how you can kind of mess with people on, oh, I've got a bunch of food here as long as the weather is good. Oh, whoop, the weather's not so good. Guess what? All those fields didn't produce anything. So now I can't feed my people and now I got to pay victory points for them. Yeah. And that's actually one of my so, favorite parts of the game. Yeah. Okay. So, so anyway, so, um, that's, I mean, you can get, and then you get cards, I guess I should say as part of these action spots. And those cards will help do different things in the game for you and give you special bonuses. Uh, like there's one that says you can go back one, you know, uh, 
put your boat back one spot or, you know, back further than the last spot you went to, or maybe you can go to a spot that somebody else is. So different little powers and stuff that you can get throughout the game. Not a long game. Probably I would say probably takes maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on player count. Um, yeah, real simple, great game. So Chad, what, you've been kind of looking, what are the differences that are going to be with this new edition? Well, first of all, I wanted to say, and you, you, you hadn't said this, but it probably makes sense to you, but two of the designers on this, I'll, I'll talk about the designers. One of them I can't say correctly. I know I'm going to mess it up, but it looks like Aki Toka maybe is one of the designers. There's Aki Toka. It's all one Sounds word. Sounds good to me. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Antonio Tinto, uh, Stefano Luperto, but also Flaminia Brasini and Virginio Gili. I've heard of those guys. So it's some a couple of your Italian contingent that we really enjoy. Yeah. Um, but the... I, I don't know. I'm going to say I don't know all the differences, but one of the big differences it looks like is that there is a little bit more variability in this game with the setup. So some of the buildings and stuff that you are building are going to be variable. Uh, it looks like you can, instead of having the graves and temples, those are replaced by colonnades and statues, which which sort of make it just different variability. And then if you build up to certain points of those areas, you have more access to other things. I guess it, end game victory points with, with gold spots being passive abilities and stuff like that okay. that are also variable. All right. So sounds like some interesting new different things for it. And the other thing that I noticed too, and I'm not sure if this is correct, but according to the Kickstarter, at least it's a two-sided board. So it, it is exclusive that you will get the original or the classic on one side of the board and the new Shifting Sands board is the is the other game. So is... I don't know if you'll be able to get it when you, when it when it comes out to retail that way, or if it is just like it says, it's a Kickstarter exclusive. Wow, that is really awesome. Wow, what, what is this thing, like $70, $80 for this thing? It is $39 plus U.S. shipping is 7 What? Yeah, so if you're in the U.S., you get all that for $46. And, and let me just say, the publisher is Stronghold Games. Wow. Which is a surprise from Stronghold Games that usually their their price points are a little bit higher than than yeah. we're sometimes comfortable with. So yeah, steamrollers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> steamrollers is all you have to say. But yeah, that's uh that's a great uh that's a great price point for that. That's that a really is, good deal. That is amazing. And uh I know we've already started here in Omaha. You can do a like a group pledge where so one person in your area can order this and you get it for a couple bucks cheaper and then you obviously can all split the shipping. So, I mean, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, it's huge. I think that's all we got to say about that one. Yeah, there should be 16, 15 or 16 days oh, yeah. left uh, by the time this episode drops. So Yeah, definitely this is, uh, to me, a must-get if you like medium, kind of, to, I don't even know if I medium heavy, but it's definitely medium euro, perfect in that realm right there. Guess what it's time for, guys? It's been a year since we have reviewed... Newsfjord. We're going to now go through Punchboard Paradise previous plays. Well, last year at this time, Richie had had, I, I went back, we went back and listened. He had 20 plays 
That's now, amazing. Some of those were solo. Yeah, sure. that's all right. But still, still, plays are plays, right? Plays are plays. Ask, add Chad, ask Chad, Terraforming Mars. He's got 150 solo plays. Oh, Chad today. in our Slack chat. Yeah, 150 <laughs> of Terraforming Mars, which is amazing. We that's, salute you, that's Chad. That's just this year, by the way. Yeah, right. that's crazy. <laughs> just this year. Just this year, 150 plays of TM. We salute you, Chad. Well, Richie, does it hold up? I know you got uh, the expansion deck. It does. And honestly, I, I'm redoing my top 100 right now. Currently, Caverna is my top Rosenberg before Ooh. I started doing my top 100. I think that this is going to pass it. Whoa. Whoa. Even with the new Caverna expansion. Even with the new Caverna expansion. Wow. And we, uh, we played uh, just the other day with Josh because uh, they came out with a, a new deck for New Sphere, a new uh, buildings deck. And it was actually, I, I really enjoyed the new deck. And that's, it's going to be something that they can easily expand down the road. As far as my rating, I was at a five. I'm probably still at a five. Okay. I think it's it's definitely a high five. I just don't know. I don't know if there's any Rosenberg game yet that has that's perfect for me. Right. So I think it's it's still at a high five. Highly recommend it. I got another seven plays in since we reviewed it. So I mean, it's something that it's going to be on my shelf for a long time. All right. So Chad, I would say I, I'm going to keep it. Pat, I I had a five as well, and I really really like this game. It's not. I'm not going to say what is my highest right now but it is not my highest rosenberg but it is up there there's so many great things about this game the play time the feeling that it gives me in that play time how quick it is and i don't play a lot of solo games but i play this up i have and i will play this one solo because the setup's really easy quick and it has those things that you really like from a rosenberg game where you can tell pretty much most of the stuff is very balanced he's really even though he does a lot of the same mechanisms, a lot of the same ideas, he makes sure that a game is pretty balanced from strategy to strategy, I feel like. And yeah, I'm happy with this as a five. It's it's not going to break my top 10, but it's a great, great game. All right. Well, that leaves me. And I rated this a three. I, I believe I said a high three. A high three, yes. yes. <laughs> um, so I have gotten to play this. I've played it Maybe, I think I've played it twice since then. One night I played it like as a five-player game. Then we played it as a three-player game the other day with the, yep. with the new deck, which uh, th- th- with that new deck, I finally won my first game of this. Uh, I not played as many as Richard. <laughs> so that means it's going up then, means right? Because you won a game. Um, that has nothing to do with it. But uh, it definitely, it is now a solid four. I, I don't think, it's still not going to be a five. You know, Rosenberg games are not necessarily, but for me, Lahav is by far my number one uh, of his games. So it's not quite a five for me like it is for you guys, but it's a very solid four. This game has definitely moved up for me. Not quite at the point where I'd want to buy it, but I definitely would play it anytime somebody would say, hey, let's let's get in a game. And I'd be like, yeah, I definitely would play that. And I, not a bad five-player game when you're talking about a Euro game either because no, it does it moves go fast. moves pretty fast. So. Yeah. That was Punchboard Previous Plays of Neusfjord by Uwe Rosenberg. Let's move on to the big thing you guys have been waiting for, the 2018 Top Games Draft. With my first pick, I'm going to take. Oh, we got to roll first. Oh, all right. Well, while we're rolling, Richie, why don't you tell everybody how we do our draft? So, on Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists, so that's why we draft. And we do a serpentine draft, and that means that if you draft last in the first round, you will draft first in the second round. And we are going to roll to see who picks the draft order. 
I want to. I want to see everybody's dice here. I don't want anybody <laughs> trying to. We can't see Chad, and he's that's the issue. Five, five, two. Yes. Oh boy, that is. So you're gonna go last? Uh, no, <laughs> not even remotely. I am going first, first, and first. Um, I'm gonna go me first, Richie second, and Chad last. All right. Well, this is a no-brainer. No one is going to be surprised by this whatsoever. My number one, which is my number two game of all time right now, Brass Birmingham. Uh, It is an amazing game. I I really don't need to spend a lot of time talking about it. You know, it's obviously designed by Martin Wallace and with uh, Gavin Brown and Matt Tolman. It's just an amazing game. It's got great player interaction. It's got great strategy. It's simple enough that I feel like I can teach it to people and people can still understand and grasp at least the basic rules of it but yet the strategy is just unbelievable i mean i've played this game non-solo i've played this game you know probably 20 25 times already and every game is still just absolutely thrilling as the last i just i love everything about it i you know i like the original just as much there is no i mean if you try to say which one do i like better i honestly cannot tell you i would have used to have said birmingham but I really just find both of them to be so amazing. I like the differences. I like the fact that, you know, it's a little bit tougher to build rails, you know, because you got to deal with the beer. But, you know, beer is kind of a strategy you can go with. Um, some people will say you've got to go with those pottery things to win the game. That is totally not true. I have played many a games where I've never even messed with the pottery and still won the game. Uh, you know, there's certain things that I, I mean, you kind of have to build rails and there's certain places that are that are better i mean there's certain things that you try to do in the game but i've i've won the game multiple different ways and i just said i wasn't going to talk about this very much and i feel like i've rambled on too much <laughs> so in my number one pick brass birmingham richie what's your what's your number one i'm gonna go with newton i think okay. yeah i'm going with newton <laughs> I already said it, so I'm going with Newton. Right. Was, what, what are you going to try to read her eyes and go, ooh? <laughs> I might. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's Simone Luciani and uh, Simon here in the States. Uh, original publisher is Cranial Creations, and this is a game that actually Clef has almost destroyed this game for me because every time I play Clef, I lose by about 50, 60 points. It's like because uh, I do that to him in Nippon. And, and that's like every game for me with you guys. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> you guys basically destroy every game for me. <laughs> so despite getting killed in the game every time I play it with Clef, it is a fantastic game. Uh, just solid. I, I love all the mechanisms. I mean, obviously, we reviewed this, so we've talked about it. So I won't go on about it too much. But I love all of the just the different mechanisms that are going on. And I love the that you have basically six. You have five actions per round. Six rounds, and you got to make it all work and get some points. And I obviously I have not figured that out. Clef has, but it is fantastic game. So Newton for my first pick. Great pick. Those are both great picks. They definitely would have been on my list. So good job, well done to you both for drafting those. I get the turnaround, which is which is good. So I'm gonna take a couple that I really really like. Next up for me, my first one is the Estates from Capstone Games. Now, it is. it was originally Noya Heimat, but that was not available in the States very readily. So Capstone Games made this, made this edition of it. I'm not sure how many of the rules are different, but the art is all different. So we agreed ahead of time that this could be in play because it has a different name and a different listing. The designer on this is Klaus Zock, and I mean... I'm I'm happy with this being being my number one. Obviously, I love the games that you guys picked, but 
I just, I really love this game so much. It's such a great game. This is one of those games that I I can win pretty often when I play, but I don't necessarily, it's, it's, I just I just enjoy the play of it, just messing each other up and just watching each other's plans go to go to hell. It's really it's a fun game to play. It, there's tons of interactivity. There's tons of talk around the table. It's usually about a half hour, if that, especially if everybody's moving. And it's just I mean, it is actually one of those games where, you, yes, you're trying to figure out how much is going on, but it, it, there are plenty of good decisions and you can still chat with each other and you're just chewing each other out. You're just having table talk it's i i really really enjoy the the estates and i think for some of us is even sort of when we when we played that a bunch it sort of rekindled our love for auction games and kind of sent us down an auction track and made us pay attention to more of those games yeah uh, great pick i mean yeah it's definitely in uh like for auction games it's, it's up there like maybe one or two for me my next game around the turn here is going to be one that I think you both like, but it might be a little bit lower. Carpe Diem. Uh, no. <laughs> oh. Hey, did you no. see that got nominated for the Kinner? I did. I did. <laughs> yep. Okay. It, probably because they uh, both sat with uh, a... Forum trade on them. I, I, I did, did not see it. Recommended. Okay, I, didn't, didn't I will see just. Okay. I will just say that um, the Kenner is simpler games than you know than some people might think. So that's it's a simpler rule set. Than than form Trajanum, so I think that's probably what they were thinking. Anyway, my pick for number two is Coimbra by Flaminia Brazzini and Virginio Gili and Eggertspiel, uh, also under the Plan Two Plan B Games moniker. I love this game. This is a great dice drafting game. I just taught it recently to to some new people. They had a blast playing it. And they were surprised by how much they liked it. And it does have a lot of iconography coming out of the gate with all those cards. But the interactivity of taking cards and taking taking resources and how you do those, there has been talk about how the purple strategy is strong. A, everybody can vie for that purple strategy, whether you're first player or not, and the way that the cards come out. And I've seen people win with... Uh, other strategies as well. I have the new mini expansion with the dice box and the the two colors for each die, and also these bells that sit on the on the tracks that you want to move up and can get you bonuses if you hit those bells. But I haven't gotten to play it yet. I'm pretty excited to do so. Anyway, this is one of those games that not only is it fun to play, but it's beautifully produced. Money well spent. Coimbra is my number two. Yeah, amazing, great game. I really want to play that expansion or that little mini thing or whatever. The, oh, yeah, because you picked that up not too long ago, right? Right. Yep. Yeah, definitely need to get a game in that. All right, Richie, what's your next one? All right, my next pick is going to be Teotihuacan City of the Gods and another game that we reviewed Um I think I gave it a five when we reviewed it, and it's, I mean, it's probably still there, but it's a, just a solid kind of giant rondelle game that, and we all like rondelles here, but yeah, I just like that, you know, there's a lot of different strategies you can go after, and it is a little intimidating when you see it set up, but honestly, I don't think the rule set is that complex. Uh, We were kind of talking about this the other day, about how complex rule sets are getting, uh, and where it's it's nice to see these games where they have kind of a simple rule set but a deep strategy, and I think Taylor Tawakin hits that 
uh, perfectly. So. And and I would say too, I'm excited to get this back to the table with a player aid from BGG. I can't remember the one I was looking at, but there are a few good player aids on there that have that checklist. So you go, oh, you roll your dice. Now check for this. Do you have this bonus? Okay, you do that. Then you do yeah. that so that you don't forget because it's easy to do even with multiple plays of this game. Yeah, I've got I've got some printed out that I've been using here of late, which does help it out quite a bit. I'm also looking forward for the new expansion uh, for the... It releases at Origins, I think, right? I believe that is the case. So back to me. All right. Well, uh, no joking aside here. Joking, joking aside. No joking aside. Not joking. Not sure what I'm trying to say. My (laughs) next pick is 100% Carpe Diem. This is uh, from Ravensburger. You know, yes, maybe the quality of the game is not spectacular. Doesn't matter to me. I can play it. It doesn't. It makes no difference to me. It is... As Chad was just kind of saying earlier, it is has a nice, simple rule set. And this is kind of what Richie and I were talking about, where some games nowadays are so high complex in what you're trying to do. Sometimes you lose a strategy in them because it's so highly complex. These are simple rule sets of simple things to do, yet the strategy is immense. And you have lots of great play interaction and getting to pick those cards and trying to get the discs where you want them to score those points. And somebody gets to one before you just absolutely great scales amazingly because you have where in a two player game, you take two tiles off and it clears or three players and one clears. So just perfectly done. I mean, this game, I, I, when I'm redoing my top 100, I mean, it's not going to make my top 10. There's no way of that, but it's definitely in the high, you know, twenties, maybe in the thirties, somewhere in there. Um, not quite castles of Burgundy is still my number one Feld. Uh, you know, Trajan might still be, you know, right there with it, but this game is a game I am going to play for a long time and really am glad I have it. And thankfully Richie likes to play it with me. (laughs) All right. I I thought that I'd be able to pick this next. So you got me. Oh no, no, no. That was, uh, that was, I had that ranked before Teotihuacan. I I like it better than Teotihuacan. So it's, it's three and four, but yeah. Wow. Uh, That's a surprise. (laughs) That's really wrong. Okay. What's your next pick? It's not, you are the, Chad, you are the minority in this conversation. You do understand that, right? Yeah. Okay. Most people love this game. And obviously, I mean, you have to say, I mean, I don't care what you say. You're nominated for the Kenner. Obviously you're doing something right. Do you think that it has a chance versus wingspan or you think wingspan? No, wingspan. (laughs) I mean, the production alone on Wingspan would is going to end up winning that because I mean they're they're looking for games where yes yeah, so they can put it on a shelf and it yeah. will sell yeah and sure just unfortunately Carpe Diem I, I like Carpe Diem as a game better than Wingspan but yeah I'd agree but I would agree that itself back if I'm going to show somebody a new game I'm definitely going to show them Wingspan before I'm going to show them Carpe Diem just for the production value alone so sure no doubt about that all right so um, my next pick is. This is a game that I've kind of had a love affair with, and then I kind of, eh, and then I, now it's gone back up. And I've actually played this game, I think, 11 or 12 times now. Um, and that's going to be Blackout Hong Kong by Alexander Pfister. I It misses the number one thing that I love in games, and that's the player interaction. And if it had some sort of more player interaction besides just the buying of the cards and maybe tagging on to get some points when somebody finishes a district, it could be higher for me, but it still has the great, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to play my cards and how am I going to get this and how am I using my transportation? It just has a lot of different 
cool things that you can kind of do. I think I probably like it best at two players, though, because I don't want to sit there and wait very long for my turn since it doesn't really matter what other people are doing. But it's still good enough that this, you know, definitely makes my top 10 of the year. And I like it. And maybe it gets bumped up a couple of spots because it's Alexander Fister. And, you know, I I may not love Alexander Fister as much as Chad loves, you know, tool, but it still gives it that bump factor. So that's going to be my number. Yeah, my that's that's it. No, that was my third pick for Blackout Hong Kong. Yeah. All right. Yep. All right, Richie, you're up next. I think uh, my path is clear the rest of the way here. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with for my third pick, Crown of Emera. So this is a little game from Pegasus Spiel, Spiel and Benjamin Schwor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> He's not listening. It's okay. <laughs> so another Rondell game. This was actually a kind of a surprise game. I had heard nothing about this game. I think I saw like a little video on it. I ended up ordering it from Germany. And it's just like a little Rondell game. You have two Rondells. You have two workers. And you're going around taking actions. One, uh, one of the Rondells is just for resources. And the other one is where you're taking actions and uh, scoring victory points. I don't even think we've talked about this on the podcast yet, have we? I don't think so. Okay. Nope. Um, it, it, you know, maybe I'll get into more depth of it uh, in a later podcast, so like a recent play or something like that. But uh, it is a solid game. I would say if you are looking for like a mid-weight uh, Euro, that fairly simple rule set, uh, but that has a lot of uh, interaction between players. Because one of the things I love in this game is that the rondel where you're taking the different actions you you'll score points there but the first person that gets there will score more points than the, the people that come after it and just every time someone hits a certain spot those points just continue to go down so sometimes you may just jump to a spot even though maybe you can only turn in one or two wood and you may not score as many points as you could if you did it optimally but you want to beat it beat the other person who has already stored up a lot of wood to go to that spot so uh, great player interaction uh, if you have not checked this one out yet definitely go check it out crown of emera well so, that's a that's a pretty good pick I, I like that game i'm glad that richie owns it so so chad i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the inside scoop right here to win the draft if you want to win this draft just pick root before it comes back to richie because <laughs> <laughs> everybody will vote for root and you'll win the draft even if it wasn't one of your next two picks <laughs> this is true because richie thinks he's getting it back <laughs> i will i will burn my own house down <laughs> <laughs> since, since we're currently recording at my house, I will burn my own house down. That I'm house. just telling you, Chad, how to win the draft. Even <laughs> even though he has a really crappy patellar tendon right now, I'm still scared to do that. <laughs> I mean, I, the thought had crossed my mind, but he's also got that crutch. Yeah, <laughs> two of them, in fact. I, I don't know if you could make it out the the back window here no, fast no. enough. <laughs> nope. I don't think I'll be doing that. Uh, I, I still I still enjoy that game though. Uh, Okay, my next pick. You guys you guys have taken a lot of good ones from me. Uh, but my next pick on my list, and I know that nobody cares about this one. I'm not taking it from you guys, but it still makes my list. Underwater Cities, which is from Delicious Games Overseas and Rio Grande Games here in the States, and Vladimir Suhi. And I, I will say... I really like this game. I don't know that I like it at four players, but I definitely like it at two. I definitely would play it at three, and it is it is preferable to Terraforming Mars for me. So I'm excited. I, I missed out on getting a copy because I thought I was buying somebody else's and didn't hop on, but eventually when they, when they reprint it again, I'll get a copy of my own and play it some more. 
but I really like the engine building in this game. It does it does take a while, so that's why the fourth player is not necessarily welcome. But I imagine if everybody really wanted to play it and they could move fast, I might even consider that. Okay. Um, yeah, your next pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say I, I, I have played, I downloaded the uh, Terraforming Mars app and I, on uh, Steam, and I've been playing it. I just don't. I, I don't like engine builders that take forever. Right. I, I think that's just what it is for me. I like something that's. I mean, if I'm as far as the the long end is, it's going to be Lorenzo. Obviously, since that's my number one, like ninety minutes. That's where I want to be at max if I'm going to do an engine builder. And I'm sure, like with these games, if you know them so well that you know all the cards, it's going to go quicker. But. For me, I'm not the type of player that is going to play the same game over and over and over again. So I'm just, I mean, Terraforming Mars just has, you know, and I realize we're not talking about Terraforming Mars, but too many cards for me to ever be able to say, oh, I know the game that well. And Underwater Cities felt similar to me where I'm still worrying about these cards that I'm trying. And then I all of a sudden I'm like, oh, three turns later, I forgot to use this card, you know, and that's, so it's just a little too too much not that i don't forget stuff in lorenzo sometimes but not yeah, as, much. So. Not as much it just yeah. doesn't seem like you have as much i yeah. don't know all right well with my next pick and i know this won't be uh i'm gonna guess i'm gonna <laughs> guess you no i'm being serious here okay i think you're gonna pick uh the people stand on top of each other that's a good guess good job is that right yeah Woo-hoo. oh well i forgot that was even 2018 yeah yeah i i think that this is an unsung game it came out earlier in the in 2018 and just didn't make it to the back end of a lot of people's lists i think but i still really like this game the only problem i have with it and it's castell so castell uh by renegade games and this is by far my favorite well Clank is my is a great family game. My my family loves Clank. But if I get to pick which game, it's going to be either Arboretum or Castell. That's my favorite Renegade game that they put out. I think. And so uh, I, I I love. I'm not a big tile layer, but I love what this does and how you have to move around to the different places and score by breaking the rules with your different powers as you're moving around the board. There's plenty of interactivity because you're racing to try to get uh, certain people to draft and certain powers to draft to win the competitions that are in each location. So you're basically, the only thing that's wonky in it is how the powers break the normal rules. Because there's some stuff with width of the human pyramid, because you're building human pyramids. There's some stuff with width of the human pyramid and some stuff, you know, that kind of break that. And it it isn't, your first play is kind of confusing. So you want to make sure you really look at the rules before you do that. That's my one niggling criticism there. But overall, this is a an underrated game from last year to me, and I'm I'm happy to get more plays of that one. I, I want to try it again. I've only got the one play of it in, and that's never enough to be able to tell. I, I didn't hate it. I just wasn't enthralled with it, but I, I want to get it in another shot. Yeah, it's a solid game. I still own my copy. I've played it a couple times uh, since Chad uh, taught me the game. And yeah, like for some reason, the, the rules don't necessarily make sense, like the different powers right away, but uh, overall, it's a solid game. That's cool. Yeah, and I forgot to mention, this is from designer Aaron Vanderbeek. Uh, also, I think he guest starred in uh, Dawson's Creek, but uh, he's, a, he's a man of all he's a man of all talents, I guess. He's sort of a renaissance guy. But okay, so moving on, uh, what what <laughs> what pick did you have, Richie? I, well, I think, I think I, Clark on. can guess this as well, yeah. I can guess this as well, but I just am trying to picture Chad as like a little teenager sitting there watching Dawson's Creek as a little kid. Just, you know, kind of <laughs> crazy. I run away from my jacket. 
All right, Richie picks Root. All right, moving on. Um. <laughs> uh, Root by Cole Worley in Leader Games, and I've got the expansion, the the second expansion, uh, backed, and I'm excited to get that in the mail. And I just got a, a text last night from my cousin-in-law who just recently got into board games, Adam, and uh, he's catching up on the podcast, and he got to the Root one, and he's very disappointed with both of you, but especially Clef, he said. Well, what, sorry, what was his name? Adam. Adam. I apologize, but sometimes I just know what I'm talking about, and I just have to tell what's real. <laughs> Adam, he hasn't apologized enough. <laughs> He's apologized a lot, but I'm done apologizing. <laughs> it wasn't for me. Everybody else likes it. I am in the minority here. I'm just like Chad yes, with Carpe did. Diem. And it kind of swept the BGG. It sure uh, did. No, it sure did. And I'm sure it's probably going to win the Golden Elephant from Heavy Cardboard. I'm sure it, it's, it could. Uh, it's a very, very good possibility. I'm, I'm hoping for brass on that one, but I really do like brass too. Um, but I mean, just in this game, just the different factions, and since it did get you know so much love, obviously it's going to be supported for a long time, uh, and that's all I want is just more factions coming out that are weird and wild, and that I can you know test out and, and just learn. So. Uh, Root is going to be in my collection for a long time. Clef, bring us home. All right. So for my last pick, uh, this was a game that I just recently got, oh, just a couple of months ago and kind of had to go to the secondary market because it's not out anywhere. This is uh, from Spielworks, and this is going to be Captains of the Gulf um, by Jason Dinger. Uh, it's a game that, you know, when I first heard about it, it had some, you know, Lagranha type of uh, multi-use cards, and I, I tend to enjoy that. So I decided I was uh, tell you what the heck I was going to take a chance on it, and I've been very pleasantly surprised. I mean, it has a lot of has a rondelle in it, so you're kind of moving around a rondelle, picking your different actions. But then you have cards, and they all have four different actions on them, and so you basically use them as like a fishing license or to fish, or then upgrades to your to your boat uh, either with crew or like actual upgrades to your boat. So you have those decisions of trying to do that very, very tight in money. So I, which I like, I mean, you're, you're constantly going, gosh, I wish I had a dollar more. I wish I had this. Uh, so it's, it's well done there. It's, uh, you know, I think it's a really pretty looking board. Some people say that it's not the best of art, but I think it looks really nice. It's uh, just, I really kind of feel like, uh, you know, not that theme is ever anything for me, but you know, I feel like I am a little, you know, Forrest Gump out there on my my ship my shrimp boat fishing away getting the, the fish. I think that's true. I felt when we played it like you were a Forrest Gump as well. Oh boy! All righty. Uh, I mean, in all fairness, you did beat me, so yeah. I, just, I just had to get that in there. Uh, and I like the fact that you kind of have a little bit of choice in the pace on you know like if it's just how many times your guy kind of crosses the threshold around the rondelle as opposed to everybody else, you know, you can kind of, ooh, sneak up and zoom around and all of a sudden end the game quicker than what somebody's expecting. And I think I've won a couple of games by doing that. Uh, so really good game, one that I am I would really like to explore a little bit further. And as far as, you know, for a first game from Jason Dinger, I mean, boy, I'm looking forward to more. That is for sure. And I know he's got one in the works right now with Spielworks. And I'm really looking forward to anything else that he uh, comes out with. I, this would have gone on my, probably on my top 10 list, except that I've only played it the once, so I did, didn't feel comfortable putting it on. But I, 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 if I get more plays of it, I think I would have put it on my list. So uh, it, it's a good pick. Richie, have you played this game yet? Yeah. Uh, we got in a three-player game with Josh, and it was, it was a solid game. I, 
I don't think I did very well. I think, once again, loans were kind of crushing in that game, and I had to take a few loans. Yeah, you got to be careful with those, that's but for yeah, sure. solid yeah. game. It's definitely one of those games that it seems like you would get better the more you play it, so I definitely want to get more plays in. My game was the one where Clef discovered how to rush the game. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he did the same thing to us. <laughs> uh, okay, well. That does it. That finishes up our top games draft from 2018. Um, so real quick, I'll run through. So I had Brass, Carpe Diem, Captains of the Gulf, and Blackout Hong Kong. Richie, you had? Uh, Newton, Teotihuacan, uh, Crown of Emera, and Root. And Chad? And lastly, I had The Estates, Coimbra, Underwater Cities, and Castell. All right, so, well, all right, Richie's going to win this draft because everybody's going to vote for Root. <laughs> but um, regardless, let's get on. Uh, let's We're going to put up a thing like we always do on the yep. Guild. So make sure you're on our BGG Guild, Guild 3227, and, and vote for, I guess, Richie. But for, just, yeah, just, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> fine, I don't care. Everybody just vote for Richie. Everybody should know Brass is still the superior game. True, true. I'll, I'll hop into that. that. But, well, but, we're going to do our top tens here real quick, right? Oh yeah, wow. top ten for we the year. We are just going to roll through real quick and read yeah. our top tens. That's that's intriguing to me right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, should we go? So, Chad, since you went last in the draft, if you want to spout off your top ten here real quick. Okay. Well, I'm going to say Brass Birmingham number one, number two Coimbra, number three Newton, number four the Estates, number five Teotihuacan, number six Underwater Cities, number seven Blackout Hong Kong. Number eight, Castell. Number nine, Forum Trajanum. And number 10, Peep Mots by Matt Riddle and Ben Pinchback, which I just it was my surprise of the year. Really nice little card game that I quite enjoyed. And one thing I will say uh, it, that might have made our, all of our lists had we gotten to play it. We, we tried to play all the hot games that looked like they would be in our bag, except for smartphone really wasn't available to us smartphone was a release from last year that really was hard to get a hold of and we just never were able to play and i have a an inkling that that might be a game that we're going to want to play could be. soon could be yeah I'd, I'd very much like to play that one all right so any surprises there richie from chad's list uh no because i mean yeah. he, he did I know go on he loves, a lot about peat yeah he's so literally like yeah, yeah. Uh, not, nothing really surprising all right so richie so now there, there are some games on my list that we kind of ruled out because they're second editions or, you know, basically expansions. Uh, right. But Start with number 10 and go down. You want to go uh, down? Yeah, I want you to go down. Okay. Uh, so number 10 is Carpe Diem. Okay. Uh, number 9 is Coimbra. Number 8, The Estates. Number 7 is Newton. Number 6 is Teotihuacan, City of the Gods. Number 5 is Ground Floor, second edition. That's one of those games that we ruled out. Okay. Number 4 is Crown of Emera. Number three, Concordia Venus. Another thing that was ruled out. Number two, Root. Oh, whew. and number one, Brass Birmingham. I was I was ready to burn this house down. <laughs> Jeez, I'm caught. I, I want you now. I'm caught in the middle of all this house burning. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. All right. That's uh, then. I'm okay. All is well. All is well in the world. Uh, no, I. You know. Uh, Richie said, Concordia Venus, you can buy this game and it plays. You, don't you can have buy to have it anything. standalone, but it is okay. technically just an expansion. But. Okay. Well, all right. And then Ground Floor 2nd Edition truly does have a whole new action yes, spot on the board. That I makes, still felt like that was a little bit of a cheat. The, a little you know, bit. To, but yeah. But. Oh, yeah. 
I'll allow it for you. I didn't even okay. I didn't even I, I didn't even include uh CO two second chance since I probably will except for my wife ever play the cooperative <laughs> version of that game. So Okay. Um so I'm ready here for so my number ten is Carson City the card game. Really? Yeah. Okay. I really like that game. I have seen uh, on your plays that you've played it, and I'm just kind of like, wow, have really? Have you played it yet? Yeah, uh, yeah I played oh. it with you a couple times, and I was I just kind of like, oh, that's I don't know, that's for that's a fine. light filler game, I just find it My to be... My only issue is just that you have to play with so many dummy players if you're not playing with... Well, I do. I, I like it better, and I've played it quite a few times now um, with the full you know, number of players. That was fun. At yeah. The, with the exception of the loud buzzing that yeah, was going on that, yeah. the whole time. But yeah, I don't know. I just, it's, it's one of those games that I am always kind of thinking about in the back of my mind, like, Hey, this would be a bad time. That's why it's number 10. It's just, you know, kind of scrape the list there. Uh, my number nine is Coimbra. My number eight is crown of Amara. My number seven is captains of the Gulf. My number six is blackout Hong Kong. My number five is Taya to walk in or, However, Chad says it that Michelle hates how he says it. <laughs> um, number four is The Estates. Number three is Carpe Diem. Number two is Newton. And number one is Brass, Birmingham. So not not anything Surprise. big no, surprises. No surprises. Well, the Carson so, City. Carson yeah, City. Yeah, that, that's that, true. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Still quite a few. I, I went through and just real quick, and I mean, it may be more, but just off the top of my head, I looked and found 61 different games that I played from... 2018 richie you figured out how many you'd played i ranked i don't know if this is everything that i played but i ranked 43 okay so i didn't i i don't remember the number i came up with to be quite honest probably with like you. 200 or something yeah i'm yeah, sure it was sure more than both of you combined yeah, yeah, yeah. i kind of figured so but i'm sure as chad said there are games out there that i still haven't gotten a chance oh, to rising play. sun for me i still have not had a chance to play rising sun that would probably May not crack the top ten, but it'd be high. Yeah. Well, Clef will play that with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh sorry, I don't own it. Too bad. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. So that finishes up our 2018. So I think we're just ready to finish off with our continuing segment, our BGG Top 100 countdown. And we got some compliments on this. I mean, we've had some we compliments, did. which is nice. But uh, one of the people that we talked to at Geekway was Mark Spector, the owner of and publisher Grand Gamers Guild. And he said he was he liked the segment, but he was disappointed that we're going to one and then it'll be over. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. I still have yet to get off my keister and do that survey that I'm going to send out to everybody so that you guys can have your input because we do want to know how to make this podcast better for y'all. So we might just go back and count upwards after 100 if people enough people enjoy the segment. But for today... We're moving on to, well, we're starting off with number 60, Clank, a deck building adventure. Uh, we've all played it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like Chad said earlier in the episode, it's a great family game. Yeah. Uh, and it, I mean, for a deck builder, because you enjoy this one as well, right? Huh? I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll say for a deck builder, it's not, it, that's just a piece of it, which is nice. The, the running through the dungeon is uh, actually pretty fun, especially as a family game. Yeah, I. I like the fact that you're doing something with your deck. You know, I feel like, okay, uh, the choices I make will directly influence how I'm kind of doing it, um, which is different than uh, the, you know, Dominion, which is you're basically just building your deck and just kind of going through it. So uh, solid game, 
certainly not a game that I necessarily want to play all the time, but if, if somebody pulled it out and was like, hey, I'd like to learn this game, I'm definitely there and, and be willing to teach it and play it. This, to me, is a great next-step game. So people have played a couple of board games, and you kind of go, this is what board games can do, you guys, and show them this, this, this game. And people have a lot of fun with it because, again, it has Euro mechanisms with the deck building. But it, it, with drawing the cubes randomly out of the bag for your life points, there is a stand-up quality to it. And I think we even might have talked about that in our stand-up moments draft. But there is a stand-up moment quality to clank where you're trying to get out there and you're sweating avoiding the the dragon and that nice little push your luck where you have fun with it so we have that the second board the the water board i can't remember what it is the the one where you're yeah, fishing underwater or, i can't remember we have the mermaid and yeah yeah uh sunken treasures yes very yeah. good thank yeah. you we have that, and uh, we've played with that, and we're looking into some of the other ones because I, I think we'll probably get the Legacy one. That might be the first game that I get my family to play that's Legacy. Oh, cool. But it's a big one at our house, and that's Clank from Renegade Games and Paul Denon. Perfect. All right, number 59, <laughs> Dominion. <laughs> Have we already talked about this? <laughs> uh, well, I think there's many different Dominions yeah. on this. This says Dominion Intrigue, so there's multiple different ones. Uh, we've all played it. I don't know much what else to say about it. It's Do you remember what Intrigue adds? Do you guys know? Yeah, intrigue is the one that's kind of in your face. There's a lot of... Yeah, I think yeah. it's a little bit more like that's that. the secondary of the of the base game, right? I think that's the yeah, second you can buy base it game. standalone. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, I couldn't tell you right now what any of the cards do anymore. It's been no. so long since yeah. I played Dominion, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a deck builder. It's, I mean, for Dominion changed the face of gaming with deck building i mean it certainly did and so that's a great thing for it if you've never played a deck builder this is certainly a spot you should start at okay i would think so all right moving on number 58 el grande have you played it? i played it yeah i definitely i have the big box downstairs as well this Chad? is a Cromer. Yep, right? wolfgang Cromer, mm-hmm. yeah. and it is a real grande games yeah sadly this is a Wolfgang Kramer that I have never played. And I know it's Ooh. like big daddy of area control, good yeah. stuff, but yeah. I have just never gotten to play it. I need to play this game. Yeah, it's very interesting, especially with the card play and how it is. I mean, this is one of those games, once again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, the the rule set is very simplistic, mm-hmm. but the strategy is immense. I mean, yeah, I kind of feel like getting a game of this in here soon. Yeah, I was I with, what's up? you haven't played it. Let's definitely. do that. Yeah, and with the big box, there's a couple expansions that I really like. The base game is great. If you can only find the base game, go for it. But there are a couple like little mini expansions that they had that they included in the big box, which are really good. Uh, what made me think of this, we also got to play a great game of Arboretum with Patrick Hillier at Geekway just recently uh patrick and aaron eric in the morning podcast basically and he what a great guy it's nice to finally get to meet him in person after chatting with him a bunch online we had a great game of arboretum yeah it was he was a really nice guy it was really fun to hear some of his stories and uh talk to him but he said that el grande is one of his favorites so i mean it's a great game all right number 57 anachrony yeah, I've played obviously it. you've played we it. We obviously played it. We played it together. Uh, it's sitting over. I think. Oh, and actually, I think uh, Chad is currently using it as a mic stand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe you're correct. Yeah, but yeah, good worker placement game. Uh, Mind Clash games. Uh, some of their games are a little. They get into that where it's overly rules complex. Like Tricarion yeah. for me is just is one step too far. 
Right. Uh, but Anachronies, it's in a, a good spot for me. Yeah, I agree, Chad. You've played it. Yeah, I, I like Mind Clash games. Uh, it's by David Turksey, Richard Amon, and Victor Peter. I, I enjoy it. It's, it is, I will say, for something that is worker placement, it feels like there are a lot of, a lot of rules layered on there. But I, I still own it. I like it. Man, with the minis, it's pretty sweet. You can't deny. And uh, yeah, that's this good game. See, now that's one game where I know you claim that you would play it without the minis. But Absolutely. I mean, that would completely change the no. feel for me. It would completely change the feel for me. Putting your little guy on that token, that little sad token, and putting it out there? No. No, you're crazy. All, All right. right. <laughs> I'll, I'll play with the minis because the minis are there, but I would play this game without it. I mean, it's a good, it's a solid game. It's, it doesn't need the minis. It kind of needs the minis, but yeah, okay. All right, all right. Maybe I'm wrong. All right, moving on. Next game on the list. I think maybe you guys have heard of this one. Code Names. Yep, I've played it quite a bit. I would say uh, Code Names Duet is my favorite version of Code Names. I uh, totally would agree with that. Yeah, I think it's. I think it works best. But <laughs> at I too really. But I still love Code Names because so. yeah. everybody gets to be the clue giver, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, and and so I think that that is the the beauty of Codenames Duet. But I will gladly play Codenames anyway well, if someone wants to bust it well, out. Sometimes it because it it's kind of billed as a party game, but sometimes there are times where like where the especially if they have not played before, when they're going to give the clue that they just kind of freeze up and then everyone's just staring at this person. Right, like, right. Like you got to put a timer on them or something. I have played many a code names that, you know, kind of fall flat as a party game where it's like gets too serious. And then I've played some games where it's just hilarious fun. I mean, yeah. I just recently played a game and uh, my friend Dan Smith at some point was like trying to convince people that a like a tube was going to be like was like stood for like a meat tube or something. He's like, you know, like a, a tube of meat. And everybody's like, no, you don't buy meat in a tube. What are you talking about? I, actually, uh, I, I feel meat. like well, I, I feel <laughs> like my mind is going crazy agreeing with Dan. But Whoa. it does come. It does. <laughs> Do not agree with Dan. <laughs> it comes in a casing sometimes. When you buy hamburger meat, that's like a tube. Yeah, that's but a this casing was, thing. I think it was my son that was giving this clue. So he was not thinking of a, a meat tube when he was giving this clue. <laughs> All right. This is moving down a strange road. Let's yeah, not talk about meat tubes. Uh, Let's move on. on. All right, next on the list is Eldritch Horror. I'm going to guess none of us have played this. Uh, <laughs> You're going to guess correctly. <laughs> I have almost played it, I think. I have Arkham uh, Horror, the card game, which I, I think that is basically just a solo game. I might play it too, but uh, it's a great solo game. I've always thought about picking up Eldritch Horror for like Kristen and Stefan. They like uh, Lovecraft-type games, but just the time investment and it, it runs long so it's like a four or five hour game would i would i like this game richie no no okay. not at all, not at all. <laughs> not at all in fact maybe i would punish you with playing it if i that would be a good punishment i know right why, why do we need to punish a, me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, i haven't figured out yet but i'll come up with some type of contest yeah. where the punishment is <laughs> yeah. oh no i, I already had to play before. that uh thunderstone quest game no <laughs> no 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 all right so uh, this is Eldritch Horror is from Fantasy Flight, of course, and Corey Konitska and Nikki Valens are the the designers on this. But yeah, I, I mean, I will say Cthulhu for for a start. Like this is sort of a let's all play a thematic storytelling, you know, dice roller kind of game. 
and for for a start, you lost me at Cthulhu. I just I am not. I will play. I will try Arkham Horror, like because I've heard so many people talk about it. I'll try that card game. But man, I really hate Cthulhu. I just mm. hate it. It's irrational. I just have no feelings one way or the other on them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's supposed to be a streamline Arkham Horror, and I think that this was supposed to replace Arkham Horror, and then but of course they still support Arkham Horror with expansions as well. So, but yeah, if mm. you if you're into this. Well, I know years ago my brother-in-law made me play a game of Arkham Horror, and yeah, that'll never happen again. So I, if it's I know that's like, like a, it, a, no. give me a streamlined game mm. of Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, that is one of the few, though, I think, that none, none of, us of us have played. played. Yeah. I, that's it's very unusual. All right, moving on to number 54. I know we've all played this one, Five Tribes. Richie, this is, this is one of your favorites, isn't it? It's it's gone up. So my first play was terrible. Okay, so it was a four player game. Three of those players had AP. I was not one of them. And this is a game where AP can just kill the game because it yeah. will drag on way too long, especially at four. Uh, I think it's a great two player game, um, just because you get those. You can try to set yourself up for a double turn. Uh, yeah, and it's something that I'm glad that I tried it again after that game. Because it, it has climbed, especially with the expansion. And with that expansion, the double turn is even more important. The whims of the Sultan, because there are those big point tiles out there. So you're trying to race to get those. So that's that's what makes having a double turn and, and wagering more points in a two-point game more interesting. Yeah, we we got to play that one of these days if yeah. we get a shot. Because I have not gotten to play that expansion. I've played all the rest of them. Uh, it is a game I've always enjoyed. Uh, definitely, like Richie said, I just want to people play with people that look and go, eh, there's probably a good move, and then they just take it. You know, not as opposed to, you know, mapping out 15 different moves and trying mm-hmm. to figure out which one's best. But right. uh, if you got people playing like that, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Sometimes the auction doesn't always work the best. Uh, you know, I find a lot of times people are just bidding zero and one and doesn't do much because, you know, there's just not a big enough emphasis to do it but maybe with this winds of the sultan maybe that changes it and i yeah i'd like to see that yeah and the reason it doesn't do that often is because you're auctioning points i mean your money is your points. exactly so, yeah. yeah but uh that's from days of wonder and bruno catala all right next on the list is going to be now here's going to be one of those things where it's going to be two different editions on the list this is twilight imperium third edition so I know for a fact I'm the only one who has played the third edition because yes, I taught you guys fourth. both the fourth edition. Um, so just imagine fourth edition as a longer game. Third edition is longer than fourth edition. They have streamlined fourth edition. The third edition had things called distant suns, which you could, when you landed on a planet, could either give you bonuses or it could totally screw your and kill all your people. Um, it had... Oh, mercenaries. I mean, it had just tons of extra things. And these, some of these things came from expansions over the year. But uh, I've played this. I can't even begin to tell you. We used to play it once a month at least. Um, you know, it, was, a, it wow. was kind of a... Well, we got together specifically once a month to always play this game. Uh, we at one point made up our own player powers for it. I mean, you know, we... This is kind of one of those games that back in the early days, it probably was one of my favorite games. Um you know, when I was a, a young lad gamer before I kind of discovered other games, uh, I still like it. Somebody to me today said, hey, you know, we really need another player. Would you come and play it? Depending on who the people were, sure, I'd probably do it. But I'm never going to try to get a game of especially third edition ever together again. So, so you liked all the changes that they made for fourth edition? Then? Yeah, they, they streamlined it. Um, this is going to sound crazy, but I mean, instead of a 
eight-hour game. It's probably like a six-hour game. So they, they made some changes, made it go a little bit faster, and I, I like most of the changes that they made to it. Yeah, I mean, if I if 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 it wasn't such a long game, I probably would be more into it. I, I enjoyed our play and just thought, well, I don't need to play that soon, anytime soon yeah, again. Yeah, but that's, again, that's fourth edition, which is shorter. But that's from Fantasy Flight, of course, and this is Christian Peterson's baby, you yep, know? Yep, absolutely. All right, moving on to number 52, Lords of Waterdeep. Ooh, but I tell you, this was when... I bought this game. My wife and I, I'm going to tell you, probably played it once a day. Maybe some days we played it two times in a row. Uh, this was the first really like, whoa, worker placement game that I was like, wow, you know, type of thing. And loved it. This is one of those where I think the expansion is essential. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't play without it. Um, just that with the corruption, what that adds to the game, I, I really yeah. like. So I, I don't think I would ever play without that. So, Chad, you just got a play of this in at Geekway, just to kind of teach a, a new player this game. Well, I actually didn't teach it. He had played more times oh, than I had. okay. But uh, he wasn't clear on the rules, so we just kind of reviewed it. But I we, we played with Lee, our friend Lee, and I had never played the physical version before, which, oh, it can, wow. be, which can be hard to do if you've ever, if you've mm. ever noticed that because wow, you don't yeah. know what the setup is and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I played a couple times on the iPad. And I have to say, I was okay. You know, if I'm going to play a gateway worker placement, I think I actually prefer Stone Age. What, uh, what, <laughs> what was going on with me was that, I, like, it just kind of annoyed me that I that I kept getting those mandatory quests. Like, he had drawn a whole huge hand mm -hmm. of mandatory quests, and that that was pretty much so for the start of the game. Up. All I was doing was those mandatory quests, and was kind of annoying. It, it just felt really weird and out of place, some of the take that in that game, but I don't know. Well, uh, for my wife and I, when we play two-player a lot, we ended up, there was points where you we took out a few of like the really mean, mean cards that were there. We took those out, and then Richie's shaking his head. But this was for my <laughs> wife. Believe me, because I don't want to make my wife upset, so I'm like, sure, we'll take these out. And then we used to have a rule that you could only give one mandatory quest per half a game like four it's eight rounds so in the first four rounds you could give one and then the next four rounds you give one which to me honestly as a four four it made it better because if some person draws all the mandatory quests and starts giving it to the other person you know that's going to totally screw them you can't get much done in the game I, exactly so i, I know richie's going to say that this is a terrible idea but this is a terrible idea. you can get just uh -huh. you're fine you can get stuff done in the game even if you're getting a lot of mandatory quests this is one that i mean i have played it you know, extensively on the app for sure. Uh, we did play it a lot in the physical form as well. And I just, since it's so such a light game, I would not, I mean, that, that I, I guess I just never saw it slow you down that much. Stone Age, please. Come on now. <laughs> Stone Age is not that bad. Just, not that it's good a gateway either. game. It's a gateway game. We're just past those games. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, number 51, Rising Sun. So I've played one time. I think yeah, I think you're or less Chad has played. I, I don't know if Chad has played it with played Jake. It. No, I have not played Rising Sun. Uh, no. Local listener Jake, it's uh, he got the whole shebang, you know, uh, Kickstarter version or whatever with the really nice uh, whatever you want to call those uh, baked tiles, baked mm -hmm. light tiles baked or whatever. Tile. Um, it's an interesting. I mean, it's kind of an area control game where. You know, you're trying to pick these special powers. The really the main mechanism it is it where you like do team ups with people. I'll be quite honest; it's been well over a year since I've played it, so I don't remember everything about it. But I know you do 
like you have a cooperation with a person when you have it and then there's one person or something that gets left out um which i remember i was the person who got left out and so then i was like okay that sucked but um yeah i don't i can't really remember a ton more about it it wasn't a game that i walked away from saying i'm never going to play it again but it certainly wasn't a game that i was like oh my god i can't wait till the next time to play it That's yeah i mean just looking the, at the box the cover rounds, i wouldn't yeah. think that this would be a game that you would yeah, a lot of people. On. Yeah, they they relate it to Blood Rage a lot, and you know I don't like Blood Rage at all. Uh, but I I found this to be much better than Blood Rage. I'll I'll say that I remember that. Well, it's it's from Simon and Eric Lang, so it's from the same publisher and designer as Blood Rage, which I'm sure that's why it's you know has so much in common with it. But yeah, I'd certainly play it. I mean, it's a negotiation game. It's Eric Control. I yeah. I try that once certainly. Yeah, I'm sure jake would bring it to the table anytime you guys want to because i i'm pretty sure he likes it a lot yep i need to play it i've, I've gotten out the rule book a couple times especially while i've been on break here and i just i just haven't game of thrones has really thrown off my whole uh, 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 reading of rule book as it should <laughs> you haven't finished that yet have you um halfway through season six. Ooh, yeah no. all right oh, season six was one of my favorites yeah i think me too yeah i love the i mean all right, just stop. I mean, when the whole world blows spoiled. up at the end of six. Oh, man, that, you're gonna that get Death no, Star. No, you're getting no star. spoilers here, I'll tell right. you that much. I I don't know why people need to write on stuff, why it's spoilers. I mean, it's just like keep it to yourself and talk to people that you know have seen it. So that yeah. was our whole top, that was the top ten That's right it. there, right? Yep. I, I want to go back really quick and just say that, because I don't want to give short shrift to any game, Peter Lee and Rodney Thompson were the designers of Lords of Waterdeep, uh, so I just wanted to put that out there from Wizards of the Coast. What what were their names? I, Peter Lee and Rod, Peter Lee and Rodney Thompson. And Rodney Thompson. There Thank you, you guys for literally what a gateway game for me that brought yeah. me into the hobby. So there's, it's there's, it's huge. So, but then again, so did Stone Age. And so. and again, I will I will cop to not knowing that much about the game, having just had one physical play. Yeah. I mean, right. it, and with me saying like I couldn't get anything done, I still I still ended up winning. So it's right. not it's, it didn't hamper me that much. It was just frustrating. Okay, so then the final thing that we always like to do is we like to go through the top 10 and say the number of games we've played and then pick our favorite. So, Richie, how many of these 10 have you played? Yeah, so seven of them since I can't count. Twilight uh, Imperium 3rd Edition. And I would say my favorite comes down between Five Tribes and El Grande. And I, I mean, honestly, it's probably Five Tribes. That's, that definitely gets to the table more than El Grande does. Uh, so, yeah, Five Tribes for me, especially with the expansions. Nice. Chad, how many of these have you played? I think I played six uh, in, in, in counting. For me, this comes down to between Anachrony and Five Tribes. And just because I've played Five Tribes more, and I think it's a, a little bit more streamlined, uh, and I like what the expansions do, I'm probably going to go with Five Tribes for me. All right. Very nice. So out of these 10, I've got nine of the 10. Uh, the Eldritch Horror, Eldritch Horror, the, I don't know, the horror game, whatever. This is the only one that I have not gotten in. And uh, this is no-brainer. Anachrony is by far my favorite on this list. I enjoy Five Tribes. I enjoy El Grande. But uh, Anachrony, minis or not, are uh, my my number one on this list. <laughs> if the minis did not exist, yes, I could see you saying fine. But if I set it up and I just put out the tokens, you the first question you would ask would be, where are the minis at? No, I, I, I would probably just be like, uh, okay, what's my player power? Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. The minis are cool. I'm not saying they're not cool. 
All right. Uh, well, I, I need, I mean, after all this conversation and stuff, I need something to drink. And Richie, you only have Aquafina here. I just, yep. can so you, do you have, have any Dasa- Dasani? You have to go find a local have, spring. I, with is there some, with a bucket. some hot, some <laughs> handsome dude with okay, some water? That's it. I'm putting up on the BGG poll. I want to know. Does the water make a difference whether it's purified or spring? That's what my question to you. Is that a difference to you when you buy a water and bottle? Yes. It could be handsome man or beautiful lady or I didn't robot say that. Workers. I just said that's what I imagined. <laughs> In your happy place. Uh, real quick, I still want to remind everybody also, if you are still uh, thinking about picking up a copy of Arkwright from Capstone Games, you still have time to head to the Capstone Games website, put in the code PUNCHBORDERS, and you're going to get $20 off your order, and that's going to also include free shipping in the United States. I don't know how much the shipping is overseas, but I'm sure it's uh, something reasonable there comparatively to what normal shipping would be. It's a great game. Definitely, if you're thinking about it, there's only a little bit time left to get that great promo of $20 off. Next time on uh, Punchboard Paradise, we're going to review Vita Lacerda's new game, Escape Plan. Should be good. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for listening.